letter thirty six of the history of lady barton this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit librivox dot org the history of lady barton by elizabeth griffith letter thirty six lord hume to lord lucan if i were not perfectly convinced of the fallacy of judicial astrology i should fancy you were a conjurer lucan and that you had calculated margarita's nativity how else could you at such a distance discover that she was compounded of art while i who saw her every day and all the day was so thoroughly hoodwinked by her beauty as to imagine her mind as faultless as her form what a numbskull what a coxcomb have i been she had cunning enough to persuade and i folly enough to believe that she loved me to distraction for the rest of my life i shall consider myself as an idiot though you are to take notice that i will not be called so even by you but the worst of it is that i am a ruined fool too don't laugh lucan i shall be ready to cut your throat if you do so but i know you will not when i tell you that i am severely hurt in my last i acquainted you that i had lost a large sum at play and was waiting at venice for remittances which arrived in a few days margarita had a mind as she said that we should quit venice with a coup d'eclat and prevailed on me to hire jewels to the amount of two thousand pounds to ornament herself on the last night of our appearance at the carnival i readily complied with her request though i had before laid out very near that sum in the same sort of trumpery for her she looked like an angel when she was dressed that i must acknowledge and i never once thought of searching for the cloven foot beneath such a dazzling brightness we went together to the masquerade and with us a man she called her brother whom i have since discovered to be her gallant and a notorious sharper i soon engaged a play fortune favoured me for a time but before the conclusion of the night she was at her old tricks again and i lost five hundred guineas the agitation naturally attendant on the vicissitudes of play had taken off my attention even from margarita so that i felt no anxiety at not having seen her for several hours it was very late when i went home and judge of my amazement when i was told she had not returned from the time we set out together i flew back again into the street and ran like a distracted man into every house that was open but the company were retired from every place and i could find no trace of her i will not pretend to give you an idea of my situation for i can now hardly recollect the state of my mind at that time much less describe it about nine o'clock in the morning a mendicant friar brought a letter to my door in which were contained these words to lord hume i entreat you my dear lord and quondam lover not to be uneasy on my account i am well and happy and before this can reach you shall be out of the venetian dominions all search after me will be in vain i should not have quitted you so abruptly if i had not discovered that my 
staying with you would have been an injury to your fortune which i imagine is already much hurt but you englishmen can always repair such damages by marriage i therefore removed the only obstacle to the amendment of your circumstances by tearing myself from you and do now most seriously recommend it to you to return to your own country and avail yourself of this last resource those trifles of yours which i have taken with me i shall still preserve as tokens of your liberality which is allowed to be the national virtue of the english and i shall ever remain your lordship's much obliged and obedient servant m del strazzi the reading of this letter entirely conquered every passion of my mind but rage and i think i could at that moment have strangled the insolent gypsy who wrote it but i was not suffered to brood over it long for the jew from whom i had hired the jewels came to demand them i knew not what to do i had settled with my banker the day before and as i intended leaving venice i had withdrawn my letter of credit and had not half so much cash as would answer the israelites demand lord stormont happened luckily to come in to pay me a visit i frankly told him my distress and he kindly lent me a draft on his banker which satisfied old shylock i wrote on the instant to my agent to cut down a wood that was planted for aught i know by my great-grandfather and thus my good tall oaks that have been at least fourscore years growing have vanished into the hands of jews and jades for one night's no diversion at the carnival indeed lucan i begin to think that we english are very silly fellows but why should i lump my countrymen when i am really convinced that there is not such another noodle in the world as myself how go on your love affairs they can't be in such a desperate state as mine our country women have not spirit enough to strike such a stroke as my dia valesa has done and i now begin to think that a man had better be contented with the wholesome home-brewed beer of old england than pay too dear for tokay now i talk of england i should like very well to return there if i were not ashamed to see fanny cleveland and afraid of being laughed at by my old friends at almack's and boodle's and in short everywhere do my dear lucan tell me what i shall do with myself for i am at present the most desolate as well as desultory of mortals but in all states i shall continue affectionately yours hume end of letter thirty six